This is Starforged Tabula Rasa, written and performed by Redstone Archer. Based on the game by Sean Tompkin. Hello, you are listening to the actual play edition. So when you hear this sound, you know that you're about to hear some of the rules, or it's just something randomly rolled, like a name or a stellar object or something like that. Something where it's just a quick D100, what is it on this table? When we last left our hero, wait, are they a hero? Have they done anything heroic yet? No, not really, but let's assume they're a hero. When we last left our hero, they had woken up with some sort of strange creature embedded in their neck, tendrils having grown into their brain, they've lost their memory, they don't even know their own name, but they do seem to understand how the ship works, and they've made their way onto the bridge, although they haven't found clothes yet, nor anyone else. When suddenly, the doors to the bridge open on their own. Captain on the bridge. Our hero turns. He doesn't see anyone. Hello? Hello, someone there? And then up jumps onto a console, the creature from before. Oh, hey, hey, kitty kitty. And just as quick as he says those words, the colors of the fur change to just an angry looking mix of colors. Oh, I'm, you do not like being called that, that word. Okay, got it. And the colors shift to a much softer tone in hue. Oh, you, you can, you can understand me. And you can communicate. And the colors get even richer. They don't turn to the angry colors. It just seems to reinforce that feeling that he's correct. That they agree they can communicate. Wait a second. Are you the captain of the ship? Uh, And at that, the creature with its paws starts touching the console. And we hear over, over the loudspeaker. Crew member designation has changed. Reinstated to normal crew. Well, that answers that then. Um, sorry, Captain. Um, well, I'm still feeling pretty awkward about not having any clothes. Uh, any chance you could show me to where I could get some? And immediately uh, the creature turns, jumps off the console, and, and heads out of the bridge. And our hero hurries right after. He's very pleased to see that the creature goes towards the starboard side of the ship, the side that doesn't give off that creepy vibe. And so there's a corridor, and he goes down a few steps and very quickly finds himself in front of uh, a hatch. And so he opens the hatch, and he actually finds what would have been one crew quarter. Seems actually there's a hole cut out of most of the wall of the adjoining room and it's a much larger spot than he would have expected and definitely seems to be a bunch of belongings of of an individual and very quickly finds some clothes that exactly match his size and shape. So at least he's found, so at least he's found some clothing now. Pierce have found his own quarters. Now it is time to start going through his own, uh, what, what he assumes are his own belongings and looking for 
his own identity. And now it's time we find the profession of our main character before they lost their memory. I'm rolling on the character roll table in the on page 169. And we get a 7, which is an assassin. So our main character was an assassin before they lose their memory. So if the character's an assassin, we have to ask, is there going to be more than one identity here? I think that's a likely role. Um, so... If we get a 26 or higher, they will have more than one identity. And that's a 99. So I'm going to say there's a bunch of identities. <laughs> okay, let's just say there's lots of identities. I'm going to say that there's a very small chance, a 91 or higher, that there's one identity that the character used most of the time, was probably their real identity. That's a 95. So they have one main identity, and all right, and what is that job? Gonna go roll back on the character roll. I'm assuming that the assassin role is something they kept quiet, and what were they doing on their day job? That is a 10, so that's actually just the next one. They were a bounty hunter, all right. Okay, um. The thing he finds very quickly is that there are multiple different identification forms, all with his face. All with differences going on. Uh, one has a, a prosthetic over one eye. Uh, one has uh, appears to be some raised scars over a shaved head, which uh, he runs his hands through his hair and does. First off, he has hair, but he does not have this raised scar, so it must be some sort of other disguise. So he finds uh, there's a mirror in one area, so we can actually see that, yes, the clothes fit him. They are definitely his, and he's going through the files and finds one of the photos that actually appears to be him without any of this disguise, at least as far as he can tell at this point. He doesn't feel like he has anything on him, and he matches the image, and the name is... Janya Alder. Janya Alder is the name on the ID that, that he seems to uh, correspond with the most. Against the mirror, actually, his, his eyes are drawn back, and hanging from the mirror is a piece of metal and a leather strap that would go it long enough to go around one's neck. And he reaches out and, and grabs it, and as soon as his fingers touch it, he, he remembers something. He remembers a connection to this piece of metal. Looks like it's a piece of wreckage. It, it's a bit of metal. It's uh, kind of burned and twisted at the edges. It's about the size of the palm of his hand. Leather goes through that, and it, it looks to be made of necklace, and he remembers this piece of metal. This is part of the Exodus fleet. This is given only to the few that step up to swear sacred iron vows on these pieces of metal. And although other contracts and whatnot throughout he, he knows that they, they're sworn on bits of metal, but they aren't the same as a bit of the Exodus fleet. That brought them out here to the forge. And he puts that on. 
and, and he holds it in his fingers and thinks to himself that he, he swears he will find out what is going on with this creature in his neck. He will find out why it is there and what it, what it is and what it has done to him. This is going to be the background vow that the character is taking and giving it the rank of extreme. So not epic, just extreme. But then he finally has a thought and realizes that he can see who the crew is on the ship. He's got access to the computer, brings that up, and he sees that the current captain is... Evelyn. The cat's name is Evelyn. And, and on record is actually him as Janya. Uh, so he goes back to the files, he finds the Janya file, and he's looking through it, and it appears he's actually a bounty hunter. Bounty hunters are given wide latitude to pursue their contracts across all of known space. And he's looking through the records and realizes that this ship is actually belong that actually belongs to the Guild of Hunters of Bounty. Unfortunately, he doesn't ring a bell, just like most things aren't ringing a bell. He does not remember being a bounty hunter, but he does seem to have a nice horse. Oh, in in. in in the records, he finds out he was captain until the moment that he was deemed to be uh, luggage, an incubator. Now that he's got access to the ship's records, he's looking at uh, their current flight path, where it seems to be going, and it seems they are on the way to the Delphi Reach sector. They are heading specifically for... Uh, Ulan Finn, a contact in that area, someone who is a known associate who uh, seems to have, uh, he has an understanding about the Essentia, and Janya is rubbing his neck going, I, I, maybe that's what this is, maybe it has some sort of connection, I need to get us there, uh, it looks like we're only one more E-Drive Trump away, uh, I can get us there soon, and then he, he, jumps out of his quarters and he uh, realizes though he, the next door down is still part of his quarters. Uh, it seems to be like that sealed up because he's got a large bed in there. And uh, he opens up the, the next door down and uh, it, or tries to, but it immediately, wow, wow. he's taken aback by that, but then of course maybe some of the ship is lost, and then the Doors open, and out pops Evelyn. Hey, Evelyn! I I know your name now, and and the cat backs up a little bit and, and seems okay with this for the moment. But then uh, she darts through his legs. He's assuming that she is a she by the name. Uh, the door shut behind, and he doesn't even get a chance to look into that room. And so he starts following Evelyn uh, towards where do they? Oh, he uh, starts following Evelyn towards the bridge. And now that he knows where he's going, and at least some of this, um, he, he tells her about what's happening, and uh, as he's making uh, the necessary calculations for the next 
first starting the E-Drive, and he realizes the E-Drive is completely full, as they have been sitting here for a few days. So he activates the drive and heads toward the last bit, towards the Delphi Reach. To learn what happens, keep listening. This show is brought to you ad-free by Privilege. No ads, no Patreon, just a cishet white man with disposable income and time. It is performed, edited, and all that good stuff by Redstone Archender. The story is powered by the game Iron Sworn Starforged by Sean Tompkin. Outro by Glitter Snitchel, channeling the spirits. This has been a Sofa King Cool production. Additional music also comes from freepd.com.